Listening Dog Media. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Offside Rule. We get it. World Cup Specials. Hello and welcome to the Offside Rule. We get it. World Cup Special number two. It's myself, Lindsay Hooper, joined by Kate Borsay. And Kate, we've had many locations that we've recorded our podcast over the years, um, over the last couple of years. Uh, once I can remember and recall being under a table. Um, <laughs> I also remember doing them in uh, in Haley's bedroom, in my kitchen, all sorts of areas. Have we ever surpassed, or will we surpass ever again, Copacabana Beach in Rio? No. It's heading towards sunset here on Copacabana Beach. It's beautiful. I hope you can hear the sound of the waves in the background. Uh, there's a game behind us at the FIFA Fan Zone. Plenty of fans out for that one. Germany play Algeria. Um, it's just lovely, isn't it? It's a lovely location to take in all the football. Um, obviously, we've come here and we've gone to a few matches. We'll talk about those in a minute. Uh, we, we'd want to take in as many as we can. That has been here on Copacabana Beach, also in bars. But Brazil, it just lives and breathes football. It's not difficult to find we even had a taxi driver who had it on a screen didn't he as he was driving us around uh, through Rio we certainly did they are absolutely mad about it here and I have to say more here in Rio than in Sao Paulo where we started our World Cup journey and we'll fill you in a little bit on that uh, very soon folks and you must by the way head over to our YouTube channel let's get an early plug in for that because you can see the sights and the sounds of course uh, on the Offside Rural TV plenty of video blogging from yes there. we have been doing that during this journey so make sure you go and check it out also we've been video blogging for BT Sport on their website as well so do go and have a look um, let's tell you about what we're going to talk about today we're going to talk about our tips for the World Cup because after the first round stages are almost complete I think we've got a bit more of a picture there the golden boot the dark courses of the competition we had a couple of adopted teams and players to shine that we'll discuss as well but first we wanted to get some reaction to England and that was a match um, the one against Uruguay that we were at in Sao Paulo it was our first game here as after we landed um, bitterly disappointed with the result um, pretty disappointed as well with the performance I have to say after seeing the the game um, 
um, on television back in the UK, Italy, uh, the Italy game in Manaus, where I thought England showed a lot of promise. They didn't quite live up to that in real uh, in real terms here, did they? They certainly didn't. It was so frustrating to watch. For me, I mean, it, we were sat in a fantastic stadium, the uh, Arena Corinthians. Felt like being at Wembley, actually. That usual frustration of watching England, where they don't, it, they just never quite find a rhythm. It never quite works. It's frustrating to watch. It's blocked by the defence. It's not blocked by the defence. It's not picked up properly. Long balls, people not paying attention, falling asleep slightly. It was just, it was just gutting for me, as you say, Lindsay, because of that Italy game. We were all so hopeful, weren't we? And also, Uruguay, masters of the dark arts, really. It's one of those things that I witnessed, and I thought, I really think we need to up our game in that department. You know, they stop play a hell of a lot. They manage to just stop the flow of England when they're in their stride by wasting time, mm. all those sorts of things. Um, also, the other thing that they did um, was, you know, knock the ball out of play. We saw Luis Suarez do that a couple of times and throw another ball on the pitch, um, go down in a heap a fair few times. And I'm not saying that's the side of football I like, but it's certainly a side of football that I think we need to look at. And it's something we spoke to a guest who's coming up on the podcast, Dave Watson, the goalkeeping coach for England. We asked him about that and that interview's coming up. I'll tell you what, Lindsay, I've spent a few years at drama school and I've got to say <laughs> that some of those Uruguayan players were better actors than a lot of the people I studied with. She definitely has. I've seen and witnessed you doing the poses for pictures here. <laughs> Many dramatics. Um, so let's get some, some other reaction as well to England going out because not only is it the result, I mean, obviously we were bitterly disappointed with that, um, but it's also the history factor. You know, it's the first time ever that England, after two group games, have gone home from a World mm. Cup. Uruguay sending us packing. Um, and the first time since 1958 from uh, the World Cup group stages in total. Um, this isn't the sort of thing we wanted to come out and see. It's not no. the history in the making we wanted. No, it isn't. And it's such a shame because for England fans who will feel like us because we've come out here as fans first and foremost, but we're also taking something out here that we love to do, which is podcasting, blogging and vlogging as well now, of course. For England fans, it will feel like that journey is a little bit stunted. When you gave me that stat, you know, it's the first time that we've um, exited the competition since 1958 at the group stage. It took me a day or so to actually take that in. And I thought, my goodness me, that's an awful long time to have achieved something so expected really and for us not to do it this time with what you know such a good manager in in many people's eyes so many players so much hope so much promise to do that with this team just feels so it feels really gutting. It feels very unfair. Um, well, did we go down the route of comparisons? Because Fabio Capello was criticised, but he never he never brought these stats to us, did he? Um, Roy Hodgson, is it now questionable whether his job is safe? Um, he has got a lot of young players in his squad. He, he bowed to a lot of pressure there and, and made sure they got some valuable game time. Um, I, I think he'll be sticking around for yeah, a little while I young, so. longer. I think so. Roy isn't going anywhere. I think you've got to treat this and, and the FA have invested too much and as Dave Watson will reveal later there's been a fair few changes to what the England setup do at major tournaments in the last six to eight weeks I don't think they're going to want to lose that knowledge it's got to be pushed forward they've got to they've got to think onwards and upwards they have to take some positives from this and they've got to move forward OK, well, let's not also dwell on just England because it wasn't just us that exited the competition early. Who'd have thought it? World champions, European champions, Spain going out. Um, what a couple of results they got. We were actually in a fan zone, a Vauxhall fan zone, where we saw the Chile game, that result 2-0 that sent Spain going um, back to, back home early. It was, it was amazing to be there and witness that because it was deathly silent, wasn't it? Nobody could believe what they were seeing. No, I think, you know, the performance against Holland for Spain 
Bahrain was seen as a momentary blip, you know, perhaps just a shaky game to get them started off into the competition where they were the reigning champions. But the Chile game just wrote them off completely and confirmed what many people have been talking about for quite a while, and that's that that squad needs a complete overhaul. And this is a bigger story than England, so anyone feeling down and out, just think if you're <laughs> Spanish, they had actually gone 10 consecutive knockout games in big tournaments, excluding the Confederations Cup, where they hadn't let in a goal. They then let in seven goals in the last two games in Brazil. That's not happy reading at all for our Spaniard fellow football fans. Yeah, Spain also becoming just the fifth World Cup holders to crash out at the group stage in the following World Cup. We saw uh, both finalists from 2006, Italy and France, crash out in the group stage in South Africa in 2010. It's almost becoming, if you're a finalist or perhaps the winner of the World Cup, it's almost becoming a very un- unlucky charm for the yeah. next tournament, isn't it? A bit of a curse, maybe. There's <laughs> um, other World Cup first that we've witnessed here in Brazil, um, or, or things that we haven't witnessed for a long time anyway. Let's talk about a few of those. Some of those coming off the pitch as well or certainly on the peripheries of it let's talk goal line technology Mm. um there was a a couple of games in particular that spring to mind one which included france where that actually came into into fruition yeah well the the france game against honduras for that second goal for france was the first time that that the technology was kind of officially used at the world cup and of course the the nature of the goal meant that it was obviously in but it showed us not in first of all and then taken from the other bit of technology it was considered in yes when it hit the post uh, I think the technology showed that it hadn't crossed the line, but it was actually the goalkeeper who then took it yeah. over the line on on the on the rebound. Um, it, it, it was one of those that you could see so easily being waved away in a former tournament. It really reminded me of being at a tennis match with like Hawkeye, where everyone's like, "Oh, is it in? Is it? Oh, it's a joke." Well, yeah, I have got one criticism. It is a bit of a joke when you can see that a goal goes yeah. in, hits the back of the net, yeah. and then they're showing a goal line technology replay of it crossing the line. We get it. We there, know it's gone in. There was one very excited inventor of goal line technology wanting to test out his machinery backstage there during that game. He was desperate to have a go. (laughs) He certainly was. (laughs) Something else that we've been seeing for the first time, what else do you want to pitch in with? Well, Bosnia and Herzegovina's first ever World Cup did really well to get here. And actually, I didn't think they were that bad against Argentina. They were beaten 2-1 in the end. But uh, that game, well, Messi in in that game, who I know we'll speak about later, Lindsay, one one of your picks. Took him a long time to get warmed up, though, I tell you. And let's also talk about the number of goals we've been treated to. Four years ago in South Africa, only 25 goals were scored in the first round of group fixtures in this tournament here in Brazil 49 goals in 16 games and that is something that's putting a smile on mine and Kate's faces uh, being here in Rio seeing more and more going in we've yeah. got the big screen behind us you might even hear some roars in the background as we, we know Germany are playing right now I, I just think it's been brilliant to see so many goals mm. this early on yeah in fact after the first round of these group fixtures so after everyone had played a game we saw the most ever goals scored since the World Cup was expanded to 30 two teams in 1998 so goals records galore here brilliant and that's certainly been keeping us very happy indeed and entertained Uh, one final thing and it's something that myself and Kate have both commented on we love this introduction in fact we both said we can't even imagine football without this invention yet it is Brazil that we're seeing it for the first time fill them in who'd have thought shaving foam was so popular eh at the vanishing spray (laughs) I love it (laughs) it's so useful I hated that when I used to watch tournaments and the creeping forwards on free Mm. kicks the lines would all 
always creep forward, wouldn't they? Um, now they need to do something about throw-ins for my liking because I hate it when, yes. it when the ball goes out and the player creeps forward a good 20 yards sometimes and the referee lets them get away with it. But uh, the phone may may end up over there as well. Look, I think there is a cheer Someone's going up in the background. In the background here. Uh, do you know what? My eyesight's so poor, I can't <laughs> see the screen. But let's try and get a report before the end of the podcast <laughs> of what's going on during the game that we are sat pretty near. Yes. Um, we'll go on now to, to a little bit of talk about that vanishing spray because it was one of the things that I spoke to Sir Trevor Brooking about from the FA. He was at the England fan zone that we went to um, and he sat down with me. It was a very short interview, short but sweet, but he was telling us about his Brazilian experience, wasn't he? Yeah, he certainly was. And, uh, of course, the vanishing spray, one of the new things that we've seen this World Cup. Check out all our latest World Cup content on OffsideRulePodcast.com. I'm in an England fan hub and I'm joined by Sir Trevor Brooking and great place to meet England fans. You must have met plenty so far here in Brazil. From the other nations that you've seen taking part in the World Cup, who's really impressed you? Uh, well, I think I mean, Germany you know, were very convincing, but yeah, that's not a surprise. And Portugal didn't play well and, and they were down to 10 men. France played well, I thought, in their first game. Um, and then, you know, if you if you look at the obvious, Argentina, I think, are going to be a good side. It's always good to see Messi score. In our group, uh, obviously, if we got through that, which we're hoping, uh, Colombia and Ivory Coast probably look as if they're lurking in the other group. And, and Colombia are decent, uh, and they've got a lot of fanatical support, like, in fact, Brazil did. Um, and, of course, Holland, you know, have had two very exciting games, 5-1 against Spain, and then you know, the, another five goals, 3-2 they won against uh, Australia. So they're scoring goals for fun with people like Van Persie and Robin. They'll always be a threat. Every World Cup, and you've been to quite a few, there's something that you remember. You know, you had all the noise in the stadiums in South Africa. And here, I think it might be the referee's phone. What do you reckon to that? It feels like it should have been in the game all along. <laughs> what, what the, yeah, no, it's, it's so simple, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, where if you don't put that down, then everyone edges forward a yard or two. Oh, and it gets so annoying. Uh, it gets really frustrating, players, man, and then the opposition appeals. So, no, I think the foam is great. Um, and certainly it's very clear to everyone watching then. And there, there hasn't been any encroaching. So uh, more than anything, um, you know, I'll concentrate more on the foam if we can get a result tomorrow and enjoy it more. <laughs> thank you very much. Enjoy your World Cup experience. No, that's all right. I hope you enjoy it as well. Anyway, thanks thank a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks very much. See Lindsay and Kate in Brazil. Subscribe to the Offside Rule TV on YouTube. That was the Trevor Brooking. A quick interview. Uh, let's also reflect on the group stages a little bit more because um, there were some shocks as well. Well, we've, we've talked about all the goals. We've talked about Spain and England exiting. But how about the other surprises um, that, that we've seen in terms of teams that we didn't think were going to do that well, like Costa Rica and our group? They were meant to be the dark horses, weren't they? They certainly were, and they've played a great set of games here so far. We meet them, of course, next. I think I think it'll be good for England to play a South American team. Costa Rica, you've got to hand the applause to them. Who'd have thought they would have finished top of the group? Yeah, I mean, if you could just pick out a couple of teams that have impressed you, um, I'll let you just think about that whilst I fill you in on mine, just like, sort of who they would be. From my point of view, I think Australia have been the team that I came here thinking they will get whipped. They'll get whipped a few times. In fact, in one of my goal predictions that I did for TalkSport, I actually think I put them down for like a 5 or 6 nil thrashing, and that's been far from the case. <laughs> and uh, Tim Cahill's goal against Holland, well, his volley, that will be one of my favourite goals of the tournament. I didn't expect to be seeing that. Um, so Australia have shocked me, and another team, Croatia, they've been scoring for fun. Um, Croatia have always
always been a solid side. They've always been a very impressive outfit that have come to major tournaments. But I just think that there's something that's gone to an extra level here in Brazil. I'm not saying that I think they'll get to the final or maybe even the semis, but I think they'll get out the group stages quite convincingly um, and through the, the second round matches. And there'll be a team that someone will have to really seriously shove to one side to, to power on through. Absolutely. Uh, I mentioned in the last podcast how I was hoping Colombia would still do well without Falcao. Such a bitter loss, of course, to their team after he was unable to recover from injury. Jackson Martinez, a player I said uh, to watch out for briefly in the last pod. Well, he's been brilliant, really impressed with him. In fact, uh, Rodriguez for uh, Colombia as well, also very, very good. So I've been impressed with the way that Colombia have dealt with themselves and dealt with their games of very good wins as well uh, without their star player. So, yeah, they've, they've actually really, really pleasantly pleased me. And also Iran. I mean, let's give them a quick mention. There's a fantastic piece by Laura Jones up on our website about how Iran are here without very little monetary support from their government. There's trade restrictions going on there in the country without getting too kind of formal on you, um, which has meant that they've come over here with very little kit. So the players have been ordered not to swap their shirts. Now, how do you play Argentina? How does it get to nil-nil right close to time? I mean, OK, they lost in the end. A Lionel Messi goal coming up and snatching that win from them. But how can you play Argentina so well and hold them to nil-nil for so long and not change your shirt at the end of it? I mean, I, I've, I've got to give a shout-out to Iran as well, who I think have, have been very dignified in the face of all that stuff going on at home. And they've done well. They held Argentina all the way through to nearly the end of the game. Let's quickly interject because we found out now what that goal was earlier. It was Ghana scoring <laughs> against Germany at the moment as we're recording this podcast on the beach. 2-1 to I Ghana. Know. So we should give Ghana a mention perhaps. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should throw them in. Uh, we are nearing the end of the group stages. Um, with that in mind, we are going to the final group stage game for England. England, Costa Rica in Belo Horizonte. Um, and ahead of that game, we managed to catch up with goalkeeping coach Dave Watson for England. Uh, it was really great of him to come and join us, wasn't it, and have a quick chat on the beach. Yeah, Dave was able to offer us a little bit of insight. And fat folks, have a listen for yourself. You're listening to the Offside Rule. We get it. World Cup Specials. Uh, we've managed to grab Dave Watson, England goalkeeping coach. It is after, of course, the horrible news that England are out of the tournament, but instead we're going to reflect a little bit on what's happened and perhaps look forward to the future. Dave, thanks for joining us. Uh, I, know, I know it's difficult. Can you sum up the mood around the England camp at the moment? Because you have got another game to focus on. Yeah, we've got one game less left, but at the moment everybody's very disappointed. But, you know, we've uh, we've really come here to, to get out of the group stages. So at the moment everybody's down, but, you know, we'll train again tomorrow. And uh, when we pick the team for the final game, then everybody will get a lift again. Of course, you get great access to everything behind the scenes, everything that every England fan wants to know what's going on. So just in terms of the journey so far, how have you felt that it's been since being in Brazil, how the group have been bonding, all those sorts of elements? Look, the, the, the group itself has been fantastic. We've had a great experience when we've been here. The, the people and the country has been fantastic for us and we've really blended in with everybody. But it, at the end of the day, we've come here to win three football matches and we've only played two already and we've got beaten. So there's a lot of disappointment in there. But in terms of the things we've got to take away, especially the staff, you know, we, we, we've done a lot of things um, over the last four or five weeks that have probably gone unnoticed in terms of things that we've put right behind the scenes to try and get this team in a good place and uh, we're not going to forget that good work and you 
you know, we've got an exciting, exciting group of players to take us into 2016. Can I just prompt you on what those things are? Because I know that there's psychiatrists and there's sports physiologists and all different yeah, sorts of people. We, we've, had, we've had great help from really experienced people who have worked in different fields. So, we, you know, we've taken their previous experiences on board and tried to bring them to the football field. Now, you're not going to get instantaneous results, maybe, but we certainly don't want to discard that now. We want to keep it and move it forward. For those England fans watching, what can they expect from, from the Costa Rica game? Uh, game? And I'm guessing that, that we're going to have some team changes. You can't talk about those too much, but should we be looking uh, for some more positive play from England, you know, similar to what we saw against Italy? Yeah, well, look, we're, 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 we've brought young players here who are, ex, who are expansive and exciting players, and that, that strategy will, will remain. We'll, we'll make um, numerous changes to the team and, and try and get as many people World Cup experience because that can only benefit us as we move on in the future. What do you make of things like what I would call player acting and and things that happen? It seemed to, Other countries seem to make those things work for them and England very true to themselves and we don't sort of go down that route. But is that a massive part of the game now that we need to, to actually up, at, up what we do? Look, at the minute we're trying to improve on the field in terms of you know how we deal with the football and how we deal with opposition. But what you're talking about is game understanding and, and sometimes maybe we're, we're not quite as cute as maybe some of the teams that we've come up against. But that's something, again, why these young lads need to be here and see and, and cope with these experiences so that when their time comes, they're ready and, and maybe be able to do, do the, the, the nastier little things in, that make a difference in a game. One positive um, from this camp, and I know that, that, that you began with the England team along with Roy back in 2012, just heading into those Euros. One really positive thing to, to take from this World Cup is the atmosphere between the players. Everyone's getting along very well, and it's, it's important for us to emphasise that, really, that there are some good, strong relationships there. Yeah, I've been involved in the setup for two years now, and uh, I think the big thing for me is that we, we do feel like a team, a squad, and a group of staff that have all come together for a five and six week period uh, and really given us heart and soul into it. It's not been uh, shown in terms of the two results we've had so far, but it's it's tough to get a group of men together for that period of time and, and show the right commitment and attitude towards it. And I think we, we've we've made big strides forward in creating a good atmosphere for them. You spend a lot of time with the players and with Roy. Um, who do they talk about when they're watching World Cup games? Who are the players that they get excited over? Who are the teams that they think, oh, those are the ones to beat? Because it would be great to hear one of those discussions happening over the dinner table. I think the, the reality is there's so much football on during the tournament. So when, whether we're eating or there's some moments of downtime or the players are relaxing, there's always a TV on in the background. So I wouldn't be able to say, look, everybody targets specific games. But what they certainly do is when there's games on, they watch them. And, and the exciting thing for a World Cup is... There's, there's new players developing and showing skills and techniques all the time. But you, you always are going to watch the home, you know, the first game when Brazil played Croatia. You're going to watch that game because that's the start of the tournament and everybody's around the TV just looking forward to seeing a good game. But the, the, the players, you know, they, they obviously love, love the football and eat and sleep football, so there's plenty of it to, uh, to keep them occupied anyway. Did people like Wayne see the Robin Van Persie header and just be like, wow? Um, he wasn't sat with me when, we, uh, when I saw the goal but I'm, I'm sure he will have done of course you know yeah um give us a message for the england fans who come out to brazil uh, a bit like ourselves really i guess you've got loads of great support here of course everyone's bitterly upset about it but we're all adopting teams we're all getting on with it determined to enjoy our time here is there a message for them yeah look we're, we're 
obviously grateful for the support we've had and, and, and obviously feel their disappointment because we're so disappointed ourselves and we're, we're obviously professional in, in our approach to, to the defeats we've had but we obviously know that we've had a fantastic support come to Brazil and obviously they wanted to see us go as far into the tournament as, as we, we wanted to go ourselves so we're disappointed for ourselves but the support we've had has been tremendous and I hope that they enjoy the rest of the tournament and, and obviously embrace football because that's what we're all here for but you know what we do need is while we're playing the young younger players you know we're going to need their continued support and and we can't go away from the fact that young players will will need that especially in the difficult times absolutely uh, finally what's the plan now you've got uh, two years of course until the next major championship have you got targets ahead that you can talk about yeah, the, the targets are obvious. You know, we, we we intend to be a strong team going into France in 2016, and that means continuing the philosophies we've done over the last two years, and certainly the new things that we've embraced over the last five or six weeks, and make sure that you know young players get their opportunity in the Premier League, and then we we can try and pick them and and, and push them on into the international stage. Thanks very much for Dave Watson taking some time out to come and have a chat with us. I thought it was really insightful actually about what's been going on behind the scenes. Obviously, you can only reveal so much. Mm. Um, but there was certainly a little bit of a flavour of the disappointment, but also the changes that have been going on. And it does fill me with some encouragement for, for France in a couple of years' time. Yeah, and we should say, from, from sort of knowing Dave and having a chat to him, that the England team are not in a great place. You know, of course, the players are angry. The players are upset at what's happened. Everyone's gutted. They must find a way to pick themselves up again before that Costa Rica game. As much as we're hurting folks, you know, we know that the England players and the England coaching staff are hurting as well. They've put a lot of work in. They really, really have. So for them, it's, it's, it's upsetting to see the product of that work finish so soon. So you may wonder what we do next. You know, we're here. England were my adopted team. Um, Kate will say we'll fill you in on what happens with me there. Um, we do go on to try and just support other teams. Um, I am quite partial to your adopted team that you picked out the hat, I have to say. <laughs> it's the colour, isn't it? The yeah. lovely the lovely orange. Very bright. <laughs> <laughs> Holland are my adopted team, as you might know, folks. And I'm feeling pretty jammy still that I've chosen them. Two very convincing wins against Spain. And, of course, they came from behind twice against Australia to snatch the victory there. So I'm really pleased with that. Robin, what a fantastic tournament he's having so far. Robin Van Persie as well. I'm really glad that some of those star players are coming you know, into their true form. I'm still ogling that headed goal in the first game against Spain from Robin Van Persie. Brilliant execution. We need to call it the seal goal, don't we, really? It was. It was like a seal... I, I don't know. It was even better than a seal, a seal dive, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, let, let's mention about England, then, for me. I, I obviously can't carry on with England now. We know they're going home after the Costa Rica game. Um, but I, I need something to get me through this tournament. So you've kindly come up with the rules for this adopted <laughs> team game, which I'm not so pleased about no well that's it well the rule is is that you must adopt the team of whoever crashed your team out so now that england are no longer in it you lindsay hooper are now looking out for and have adopted uruguay lovely stuff let's hope they get knocked out pretty quick by someone like brazil or uh, or holland and then i'll be in your camp um let's talk also about players to shine i have to say uh, the, the player that I tipped was Paul Pogba of France and although France have done pretty well at this World Cup, Paul Pogba has got cautioned, he's had no assists, no goals um, he was a substitute in the last match and I've, I think he's been a bit disappointing actually, he's not really doing me well in this tip is he? 
He did, however, form a great pass to send Benzema on for his goal for France against Switzerland. So I've got, we have to give him some credit for that. Well done, Paul, Paul Pogba. We've managed to find one thing. <laughs> I still think he is one to watch, and maybe I just yeah. tipped him a bit early. Maybe the next yeah. tournament will be his, or, you know, France might still have a long way to go in this one. So let's see what happens. But um, Paul Pogba, a little update on him, and, and one from you, please. Antoine Griezmann was the player that I decided to keep an eye on. Um, he spent so much time out of the French team because he was suspended for a little faux pas when he was an under-21 player. So we forget the fact that he came into this World Cup with very little game time, in fact. His first ever World Cup game was uh, France's game against Honduras and they won 3-0 in that one. Linked up really well with Benzema. He hit the crossbar. Um, he needs to build on his really good performance. I thought he really shined in that game, so very pleased with that. Of course, he's been linked with Arsenal, by the way, now. What French player isn't linked with Arsenal? <laughs> uh, quick one to drop in there. And in that game against Switzerland as well, France romping home 5-2 winners in that one. So for me, yeah, he's looked really good. I, I have to say that the Paul Pogba tip that I made might not be going so well. However, I will point out that in the last World Cup podcast that we did back in England, I did mention it might be Lionel Messi's tournament um, so far. I know it's taken him a while, but two cracking goals. And I think this is going to hold true. I also said Argentina will probably get to the final and win. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that goes. I'm not feeling so convinced on that front. Uh, but Messi, I, I think he, he's really going to get a few more goals under his belt. Maybe not golden boot material. We'll, we'll wait and see. But he's impressed me. Can you tell how competitive Lindsay Hooper is? She picks a <laughs> dud and Paul Pogba. So she motors straight on through to what she has picked out well. Messi and Argentina. And Benzema was my tip for the golden boot. Karine Benzema. Oh, that's a pretty good tip. Oh, well, I have to say. Yeah, it is. He's not found the net as often as I've wanted him to. It has to be shared. It has to be said. He's a, a, he, was, he scored one and was denied one in that game against Switzerland. Didier Deschamps, the French coach, said of him, his happiness is a joy to behold. He's one of the best players in the world. So come on, Karim. A few more <laughs> on the back of the net, please. Uh, let's end as well on a joint tip. We both said for Dark Horses, Colombia. Um, I, I think I said it on the podcast. I certainly said it in the Beautiful Game interview I did. Um, for them, I, I know that we've spoken about it privately as well, and it, it was a team that you were really um, thinking would, would really achieve here. Um, they are looking really good, even without Falcao. And it's like what you said earlier. I think, I think they're the ones at this stage in the competition that I'm really excited to see what they do next. Do you know what surprised me? We sort of came in and everyone said, well, the South American teams are going to do really, really well. And I sort of poo-pooed that a little bit, really. But it's true, the South American teams have all done very well. Well, we'll leave you there for now. We'll be back with another World Cup podcast special, uh, number three, off the back of the Costa Rica game with England, which we're going to. Um, I, I really hope we see some goals, Kate. I just really want to see us play well again and not, and not the frustrating England of old, please. Uh, keep it across our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com forward slash the Offside Rule TV, offsiderulepodcast.com for more World Cup blogs and content. And as well as that, for a little special, we've been doing some video blogging for BT Sport, so get across their website too. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll be back again, maybe not from Copacabana Beach. Where will our next location be? I don't know. We may well be in a lovely town called Buzios, which is known as the Saint-Tropez. I know you're getting jealous, folks, and I'm sorry to rub this in. town called Buzios, it's about two hours out of Rio, and we'll be spending our final week there after we uh, touch down from Belo Horizonte. So from myself and Lindsay, ciao from Rio, and you'll hear from us again very soon. Did they say ciao in Portuguese? Yeah, well, yeah, that's what a lot of people have been saying. OK, that's great. <laughs> the female take on football, and this time from Brazil. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.